This is Brother Frank, and welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. And I've got Brother Benjamin here with me tonight, and uh, I'm excited, Lord, because, uh, or folks, because God is so good. And we have been talking for so many years about the times that we are finally living in. And yes, the hours are going to get darker, things are going to get harder, but Jesus is coming. And and folks, you this is exciting from the fact that we will be with the Lord very soon. With that, though, I want to bring on somebody who is very up uh, on the times, Brother Benjamin, as I said, here is tonight. And because also Benjamin not only keeps up with what is going on, but he has also written a set of books. And folks, if you've never read Search the Scriptures I don't know what else to say. It is, look, you know, the remnant call, you've been listening for the years. First thing, a few things, we ask for no money. Matter of fact, I'm shutting down PO box. So there's no way I could even receive money. Okay. We don't ask for money. We don't promote much, but I'll tell you what, there's a few books in this world that are worth reading. And if you've never read the search, the scripture series, then you're missing out. Because those books will point you to the Lord. Those books will drive you to your knees. Those books will bring you back to wanting to grow closer in your walk and ultimately study God's word more. I can't emphasize them enough. This is not a money-making book like you see all these other ministries that are releasing books left and right, one after another. I get them all the time in the mail, showing up to my to my doorstep here, wanting me to promote different people on the, uh, on my radio program. There's a reason I don't do that, but these books are game changers and the search, the scriptures are some of the most powerful books outside of the word of God you will ever read. And if you think I'm lying, I challenge you to go buy one. I challenge you, brother Benjamin published these with his own money he doesn't, it's, it's not, he makes hardly anything. I don't even know if he hardly breaks even barely, but he did it because it's about edifying the remnant and building up and strengthening the body of Messiah for the last days. Please folks, I challenge you read these books. You will not come back disappointed. If it's that bad, let me know. Um, you know that it's disappointed, and I'll 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 refund your money back for you. Okay, um, just just send me an email. Tell me how it ruined your life, which I know won't happen, and I'll refund your money back. But other than that, brother Benjamin, are you here with me tonight? Well, hey Frank, yeah. I'm Sorry ready. to go on so much about the book, man, brother. But I, I'm telling you, man, I, my dad loves these books. My dad loves studying the word, but he, he loves sharing these books. They're so easy to share with other people because they're so easy to read. They're, you know, you don't have to be a scholar to understand the truths that are in those books, brother. No, and at the same time, they unpack issues. Oh, amen. Grace, you know, and works and true faith. And, you know, what are the evidences of the of the people that are the remnant of God. 
And how do you get into the remnant of God? And what are the real first fruits? You know, the the Lord, when he when he told me he wanted those published, he said he was fashioning this work as a pillar of righteousness, which he was going to throw from the heavens to crush the head of the serpent in the lives of his people. These books were meant as a death blow to the devil in your life and in the lives of your family. And um, there's not going to be a whole lot of time left to buy Christian content or to, you know, I, I personally think everything that's of God's going to get delisted pretty quick soon. You know, maybe I'm wrong. That's just my guess. But, and, you know, once the war comes, the internet's going to be down. And, you know, when it comes back up, it's going to be the Antichrist version. So, um, you know, I, Frank, I had I had a dream. This was a while back. Um, and I was in the dream. I was in the wilderness of Zion with the remnant. And, um, I mean, it was awesome. And, and there were people there, Frank, that had copies of Out of the Darkness. Mm. Book had made it to the wilderness. A little tattered from the copy that I saw. But people were reading it in in the wilderness of Zion, in the gathering place of the remnant, the hiding place of God's people. Those books are going to make it that far, Frank. And you know, at that point, you won't be able to get another copy. They, you know, they'll be permanently out of print. But um, you know, I'm I wish I had Amen. those books 20 years ago. I wish I could have read those when I was young, you know, because there are so many of the deep issues of the faith are, you know, somewhat confusing because we were taught by pastors that didn't really even know. They didn't know. They just, you know, wanted to be a pastor, felt called or whatever motivation they had. You know, we haven't had very good teaching in the word. And that's the reason the great apostasy could sneak in. That's the reason we could have a false prophetic movement. That's the reason we have a, a charismatic church that went from being literally filled with the real Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God had come upon the churches and charismatic prayer groups formed all over the country in the, well, this was like the 1970s during the Jesus revolution, the Lord was moving and it was a real move of the spirit of God. I mean, there was power in those days. And you don't even see that today in, in in even the churches that, you know, Assemblies of God, for example, which I think is one of the great, you know, that's one of the great denominations of our country. Um, you know, Foursquare, another great spirit-filled denomination. Um, Jack Hayford was my pastor uh, at Church on the Way when I was at UCLA and Walk in the Way. Back in those days, there was a powerful anointing in the congregations. That anointing is missing in most churches today. How did that happen? How did the charismatic movement end up being filled with devils? How did satanic false worship come into the house of God and be permitted to stay? And in, in the process, as this Christian rock and roll came into the church and you know, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Other listeners, you don't, you can't understand me. You don't know what false worship is because you probably listen to it most of the time. It makes me want to puke. I mean, when I hear it, when I hear what much of what's on contemporary Christian radio today, I get furious. 
because satanic. I know it's, it is satanic. It's absolutely satanic. And I'd rather listen to, you know, secular rock and roll than false worship. I mean, at least, you know, it's the world. I mean, you know, go to a football game and you know, they're playing all the, the top rock music between plays, whatever. I mean, it, it's the Nephilim. It's the world. It's Babylon in all its glory. And it's about to be over. But anyway, you know, the people of God have got to find the Lord. I mean, everybody, you know, everybody speaks of him. But the scripture says, but they mention the name of the Lord, but not in truth. That is really the bottom line today. Mm. Speak of the Holy One. Where, where is that scripture? I'm going to try to find that. Um, Amen. For you guys. While you're looking that up, folks, I'm, I just want to mention something about the first time. Now, of course, you know, if you know my story, when conversion, when I read the day of the Lord is at hand in 1999 and the Lord, you know, I left the house and got saved I, outside of a church. I didn't even know how to get saved. Um, and I met the Lord. I left the home strung out on meth, um, running around cheating on my wife. And I got born again on the way home. It was, it was amazing. Uh, someone had the courage to give me brother Benjamin's book and the Lord got a hold of me and, and, and saved my life. But I'll tell you when I, when I remember opening up, search the scriptures for the first time, that book that out of the darkness, I'm telling you what you get, get a, just test me on this one. If I'm get about a chapter or so into that thing. And it was like, somebody took me to the racetrack right but in a convertible with about 5000 horsepower and left the top down right and then took off at a at a quarter mile strip you know at about 250 by the time we hit the end that's what i felt like brother getting through the first part of that book i mean it was so intense it is pretty intense it's intense folks you'll see what i'm talking about if you've never read it it's intense that's i don't know how else to explain it you know, I mean, to him who has ears to hear, let him hear and and let everyone else follow the way that's right in their eyes. And, you know, yeah, I and mean, this wasn't meant to be an infomercial for those books. So, you know. No, let, brother, let's let's pray when you find that. Yeah, we didn't. I got so fired up are the books. You know, we were praying before, but would you mind just open us up with a word of prayer here yeah, as we continue? Father. Hallelujah. Father, we just consecrate this time to you and. We rebuke Satan and all of the confusion, all the cobwebs of the satanic spiders that would come, and all the distractions, Lord. Quiet our hearts and quiet our spirits that we could hear from you and pray for the listeners, Lord, that you would touch them as well. And yeah, that scripture that I quoted is in Isaiah 48. Hear this, O house of Jacob, who are called by the name of Israel. Now, when God refers to his nation, his people, and, and those of you that are Gentiles that got born again, you were actually grafted in to the kingdom of Israel because Jesus is the king of Israel. And he doesn't have two kingdoms. He doesn't have a Gentile kingdom as well as a Jewish kingdom. He has one kingdom. Amen. You're born again. You're part of it. But when he refers to his people as Jacob, the house of Jacob, He's talking about Jacob in the flesh. He is talking about the people that are showing up on Sunday 
but they're not in the spirit of God. They're walking in the, the bondages of the flesh. And they're called by the name of Israel, which means ruled by God. They claim that they're following the Lord. Oh, we're, we're the sons of Abraham. And, and we're part of true Israel. We're the remnant, they say. And they've come forth out of the waters of Judah. Yeah, we're not just from Israel. We're actually from Judah, the southern kingdom that was faithful. And we swear by the name of the Lord. And we make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth, mm. nor in righteousness. And they call themselves of the holy city. Yeah, they're the living temple in their own mind. And they claim to follow the God of Israel. But they've been, they're not speaking in truth. They're not speaking in the truth. And yeah, I wanted to get a little bit into the news, but I really wanted to study a couple things from Isaiah. And that's a good, that's a good part. You know, and good really point. the chapters 40 and following are really the new covenant part of the book of Isaiah. If, you know, if there is a division, um, it's the new thing that God's doing. But even in the midst of the new covenant, this lying deception has come into the house of God. And, and the people are fooling themselves. You know, the Lord left the building and they still wanted to prophesy. And that's a terrifying thing. So I'm going to read just a few scriptures from Isaiah, and then we're going to talk about a little bit what's going on here. Um, you know, the scripture, this is Isaiah chapter 8, verse 11. For the Lord spoke to me with a strong and powerful word, a strong hand. And he instructed me. He taught me. He pleaded with me. Do not walk in the way of this people. You know, if, if you're walking in the same way as all the other people, then you're on the wide road because that's where the many are. If you're not walking in the straight and the narrow way, you're not on the path that leads to life. You're not among the few there be that will find it. For the Lord said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, many will say, oh, I thought we were serving you. Many will seek to enter from the wide road. And, you know, that's the road where you don't have to really testify in truth. You can, you can bend the truth a little bit. Your righteousness is optional depending on the day or the time or the place or the hour. And the scripture says, sanctify the Lord himself. Sanctify, make holy. Now, don't mention the Lord's name in with dishonesty and with lies. You know, people claim to be serving the Lord. Well, brother, you know, I'm just desiring to serve the Lord. No, you're serving your belly. Your testimony is God healed you so that you can eat more. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Your testimony is you can you can embrace more pleasures of Babylon before it burns. We're supposed to be denying our flesh, not gorging it. Sanctify the Lord. Let him be your fear. Don't fear what's coming on the earth. 
Don't fear the enemy. Don't fear what men can do to you. Let the Lord be your fear. Let him be your dread. And then he shall be a sanctuary for his remnant. But he's a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to the houses of Israel and to the Gentiles in this last day. And a gin and a snare for the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And he's also put a snare in the path of the Americans that many among them will stumble and fall and be broken, be snared and be taken like Hamas took the people two weeks ago in Gaza. Bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples, seal the rema word of God among the remnant, for I will wait upon the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. He's hiding his face from those who are walking in the flesh, and I will look for him. Behold, the scripture says, I and the children whom the Lord has given, and that word me is not in the Hebrew text, I and the children whom the Lord has given are for signs and wonders in the land of Israel. To the law, to the word of God, and to the testimony of the prophets, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. And they will now pass through the land and they'll be suffering hardships. Hardships are coming. Hunger is coming. And when they are hungry, they will fret themselves. And they will curse their king and their God. And they will look upward and they shall look onto the earth. And they'll behold only trouble and darkness, dimness of anguish. And they shall be driven into the darkness. And that's all that is ahead on the earth, brothers and sisters. You know, today was like a all quiet on the Western Front day. Well, a few missiles got fired at a few naval ships. You know, there was some limited fighting here and there that didn't seem newsworthy, didn't make major news. What's really going on is all the all the nations are preparing for war. They're positioning their troops. They're moving their ammunition and their arsenals. They're getting their missiles ready for this thing to explode. But, you know, our problem is not with the events of this world. Our challenge is not going to be how do we overcome this in the flesh? Because there is no way to overcome in the flesh. You know, we, have, we can only overcome by the Spirit. And the leaders of this people, this is Isaiah 9, verse 16. The leaders of this nation, the leaders of this people, the leaders within these churches, the vast majority of them have led the people into error. And they that are led by these leaders, all of them are destroyed. All of them are destroyed. Therefore, the Lord will have no joy in their young men, nor mercy on the fatherless, and the widows, for everyone is a hypocrite and an evildoer. Benjamin, I'm claiming Psalm 91. Every one of them speaks folly. Well, that would qualify as folly. Well, I'm claiming I'm in Jerusalem, but it's not actually the truth. And if you're not walking, abiding in the shelter of the Almighty, if you're not being... If you're not abiding in the secret hiding place of 
of the Almighty One. What you claim regarding Psalm 91 is meaningless. For all of this, his anger is not turned away. For wickedness burns as a fire. It'll devour the briars and thorns. You know, over in Micah, it says the most upright among them is sharper than a thorn hedge. That's how perverse this generation is. We live among the most wicked generation in history. We live among a generation of people who've had more access to truth than any generation before us. And what did we do with our prosperity, our freedom, and our access to truth? The best among us lied. And the worst are, you can't even mention what they're doing. And only a remnant is being saved. And there's a little bit of time left to turn your heart. The Lord shall consume the glory of his forest. The the trees are a metaphor for the people of God. And God planted all of us. He's about to consume his forest. He's going to burn his fruitful field, both soul and body. You know, so you don't get confused. He's talking about the people. And they shall be as when a standard bearer faints. And the messengers are going to faint. And the trees that survive, the rest of the trees of his forest, shall be so few that the child can count them. And it shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel and those that have escaped from the house of Jacob, those that escaped from the apostate Laodicean churches in the West, will no more rely upon the world that deceived them, but they will rely on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in truth. And that's the standard. The straight and narrow way is the way of absolute truth. And if we're lying in any degree in our life, and we're not walking in it. The remnant shall return. And thank God, you know, we can return. The remnant of Jacob shall return to the mighty God. And though the people of Israel be as the sand of the seashore, and that's literally without number. Only a remnant of them shall return. Only a remnant shall be saved. For judgment has been decreed It's overflowing with righteousness and the Lord God of hosts is about to bring desolation that has been determined in the midst of the whole earth. I mean, I don't don't think most people realize the extent to which the judgment is about to come forth. The Lord is about to literally purge his house. And at the same time, He's going to bless a remnant. And the yoke of slavery will be destroyed because of the anointing that is coming. The Lord of hosts will lop off the bows with terror. He's talking about his trees again. This is Isaiah 10, 33. And the high ones of stature who stand up tall, you know, they think they're so important. They'll be cut down and the proud shall be humbled. And he'll cut down with thickets, with a sharpened axe, all of the forest with with iron. And Lebanon, which, of course, their their flag is a tree, famous, and they're proud of their trees, shall fall by by the axe of a mighty one. And as God is leveling the trees of all of the 
children of disobedience, many of whom name the name of the Lord, but not in truth. And they, they, you know, they bear testimony of the Lord, but not in a life of righteousness. And they're all going to be cut down now. And at the same time that God's cutting down the forests of the flesh, the scripture in Isaiah 11 says, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. God has a tree that's not getting cut down. And a branch will grow out of the root. And of course, this is the rod that came out of the stem of Jesse was first King David and then Jesus, who's the king of kings. And the branch that comes out of the root now, that's the anointed, the mighty ones that are about to be revealed. And upon them, the spirit of the Lord will come without limitation. Hallelujah. So, you know, at the same time, judgment upon a world such as never been seen, the Lord is going to bring forth an anointing and a blessing. And I, I had a friend, you know, I, I was talking to him and I was saying, you know, the, it started, I mean, you know, we're, how long will the war take to develop into Ezekiel 38 and a global, you know, nuclear exchange? It could come fast within a matter of two, a couple months. It could be slow. It might take another year. But we're in for a wild ride because the world that you've known is gone. Even as in Israel, you know, 50% of the population in Israel believed in the peace plan. They believed the covenant of death would bring life. They believed compromise with, with Satan would somehow bring peace. They believed if they just gave enough to the enemies of God that, that they'd be satisfied. And now they know that's a lie. The covenant of death cannot bring peace. It can only bring more death. It's now going to be annulled, and we're not going back. 50% of the Israeli population has had their entire worldview destroyed. And now they look around, and they're, they see themselves <clears throat> surrounded by Arab nations who are armed to the teeth. Hezbollah has 100,000 missiles, maybe more. 3,000 of them are advanced cruise missiles that came from either Iran or from Russia that could sink an aircraft carrier. Well, they've got major firepower. Jordan is mobilizing their army. Egypt is sending forces to their border. The entire Arab world is mobilizing. And in the background, you've got Turkey and Russia. And let's not leave out communist China which has the largest navy in the world, and don't forget about North Korea either. This war in the Middle East was merely phase two of what will morph into a global war. But, you know, the Israelis, their world's been shattered. And they, now the report was yesterday that the top defense ministers had a closed-door meeting at the Knesset discussing you know, there are limited options at this point. And there was no disclosure on what they talked about, but the report was when they came out of the meeting, the staff and the security personnel that was outside could see on their faces how truly grim the situation is. 
I mean, Israel does not have enough men. They don't have enough tanks. Their manpower shortage is estimated 400,000. They're, they're trying to recruit now. You know, I mean, I don't think you'll see a recruiting poster online or anything, but, but you know, quietly, Israel's looking to recruit experienced soldiers, even from outside of Israel, that, you know, feel called to fight because they their back is already up against the the wall and this thing hasn't even started but the one thing they're not counting on is they do have the lord and he's not going to let them be pushed into the sea but he is definitely coming to march through the land in indignation and he's coming to thrash the heathen in his anger but i was talking with a friend of mine and i was telling him you know this is really exciting because at the same time that God's coming in judgment, he's coming in visitation, he's coming to set fire to the temples of idolatry. He's coming to burn Babylon. He's coming to burn the, the briars and thorns with unquenchable fire. He's also coming to save his anointed ones. He's coming to deliver his people. He's coming to rescue us. And to equip us to walk through this time with his power. And so for the remnant, we have something to look forward to. The Laodicean church, if they belong to the Lord, they're going to be purified in an intense fire. But they're not going to go to hell. They're going to heaven. And, and the rest of the world, they're going with the wicked. They have nothing. Their party's over. It's done. And nothing but all that's left is the crying, as they say. But I was talking to my friend. And. Um, you know, I, I'm not all depressed. I mean, I understand God's judgment has come, but, you know, there's got to be an end to this evil, you know. I mean, I've been crying out for several years, Lord, please stop the murder of the babies. Please stop the evil being done. You know, and what's done in some of the medical clinics in the West is worse than what Hamas did in the kibbutz around Gaza. And what they did was barbaric, savage, and horrible. But what's happening inside Babylon, what's happening inside the, the so-called democratic nations of Europe behind the scenes, the horrific acts that are being done by the supposed good people is even more horrible still. And so, you know, the Lord is stopping this, but... Um, you know, my, I, I was confronted with, well, well, you know, how, how come you're not scared? And why are you, ha you know, why are you joyful in a sense that God's about to render the judgment in favor of his people and he's about to put an end to the wickedness that grows worse by the day? And they started reading me, Zephaniah, you know, the, the day is a day of wrath, you know, that in this day, the mighty man will, will cry bitterly. It's a day of desolation, of gloom, of darkness. I'll bring distress upon men. They'll walk like blind men because they've sinned against the Lord. Well, don't walk with them. I, I would recommend repenting to the Lord. But if you don't, your blood will be poured out like dust and your flesh will rot on the ground like dung. And there, neither shall their silver nor their gold be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. So, you know, if you don't have any silver or gold, don't worry about it. It turns out you didn't need it. If you've got silver and gold, maybe you should sell it. 
Give the money to the poor. Perhaps the Lord will, perhaps the Lord will bless you in response. Nobody's going to keep their silver and gold unto the point of deliverance. And the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy. The whole land will be devoured. And he'll make a speedy, a speedy riddance of them that dwell in the land. Gather together, O nation not desired. That's Israel. That's us. That's, that's the people of God. You know, nobody, nobody desires us. Before the decree comes forth, before the day passes, when the people are turned into chaff, before the fierce anger, anger of the Lord comes upon you, seek the Lord, you meek of the earth, who've wrought his judgments, who've walked in his judgment. Seek righteousness now. Seek meekness. It may be that you'll be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. For Gaza shall be forsaken. Well, there you go. That's where we're starting. Ashkelon, a desolation. Well, there's a city you don't want to live in. They, they shall drive out Ashdod at noonday. Ekron will be rooted up. Woe to the inhabitants of the sea coast. The Lord is against you, O Canaan, and the land of the Palestinians. Well, they used to be called Philistinians or the Philistines. I will destroy you. There shall be no inhabitant left. Seacoast shall be a dwelling for sheep. And the coast shall be for the remnant of the house of Judah. Hey, we're going to get the waterfront property. Awesome. They will lie down in the evening, for the Lord their God shall visit them. That's why I'm excited. Look, I know the world is so evil, I can't even stand it. This is worse than what Lot had to go through. I'm sure you agree. And I know the Lord's coming in visitation. If you don't understand that, go back and listen to the message of the visit. I think there's maybe two parts to it. The Lord their God shall visit them. He's coming to our houses. And if he... If the Lord is pleased with what he finds when he comes to your house, he's going to leave a blessing. He's going to post angels at your front door. And he's going to give you peace, that the shalom of his presence that will pass understanding and cannot be taken from you. He shall visit them and turn away their captivity. He's coming to deliver his remnant. He's going to break the bondage of sin off their lives. So, you know, I'm rejoicing in this. The fact that God is going to do these things in the lives of his remnant people. I mean, look, this was God's plan, okay? This is the will of the Lord. We, we pray, the Lord taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Oh, it's coming. Thy will be done. It's right here in the book, folks. What you're about to see is the will of God, what he's going to do to the wicked nations. It's his determination to gather them in the valley of Jehoshaphat, and there I will judge them. And in that day, the remnant will not be ashamed. And this is a Zephaniah 3.11. This is what I choose to focus on. For I will take, you will not, pardon me, let me back up. In that day, you shall not be ashamed of your doings. You know, we've all done stuff where, you know, the truth be told, we're ashamed of it. We'd do it different if we could, if we had the chance, right? 
wherein you transgressed against me. For then I will take away out of the midst of thee those that rejoice in thy pride. Okay, you guys know anybody that rejoices in their pride, that's still kind of riding that idolatry train? You know, the train of abominations where pride is the very first one God mentions in the scriptures. I'm going to take away out of the midst of my remnant every one of them that rejoice and exalts themselves in pride. And you'll no more be haughty on my holy mountain. No, there's going to be no more people full of themselves. I'll leave in the midst of the remnant and afflicted people. Now, this isn't the people that are having their pie and coffee. These aren't the people who are getting their best life now. The remnant are the people that were afflicted and poor, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel will do no iniquity, nor speak lies. Right there, litmus test. When's the last time you lied? When's the last time you lied to yourself? When's the last time you lied to the Lord? Or have you mm. turned from the lies to the truth? The narcissist always lie. Everything about them is a lie. Men should become lovers of their own self. That's an epidemic of narcissism. Easily offended, they will betray one another for a word, hate one another to the point of putting them to death. But the remnant will not do iniquity. Neither shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth. You know, maybe not lying directly, but I, I worked for a company, one of the senior executives, he was so proud. He, he's like, I'll explain it to them and I'll use my fog machine. And I'll, I'll tell them a story that, you know, they're going to believe one thing, but what I really said was another. My fog machine will keep them all in the dark. That's a deceitful tongue. Nobody in the remnant has a fog machine. And the remnant shall feed. They're, you know, we're going to, our food will be provided. Our water will be short. And they'll lie down. I'm going to get to go to sleep at night. And none shall make them afraid. Listen, fear is going to be in the land. Fear is going to be in the roads, on the highways. People will be dying from the fear of what's coming upon the earth. That's in the scriptures, having heart attacks. And here the Lord tells his people, nobody's going to make you afraid. They're going to be kept in perfect peace. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel, be glad. Benjamin, why are you glad? God told me right here, I'm supposed to be glad. And rejoice with all my heart. Children of Jerusalem, hey, that's... I consider that my hometown. The Lord has taken away that judgment. He's taken away the accusations against us. He's casting out our enemy. Satan is being cast down from heaven and he's being cast out of our lives. And the king of Israel, even the Lord, is in the midst of us. The Lord's going to come and visit us. That's why I'm glad. And I won't see evil anymore. I already saw too much of it. You shall no more see any evil. And in that day it shall be said to the citizens of Jerusalem, fear not into the Zion of God. Let not your hands be slack. Don't be downcast. Don't feel weak. Don't be discouraged. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty to save. 
and he will save you. And the Lord will rejoice over you with joy. The Lord's going to rejoice over his remnant. The same way you rejoice when a, you, you have a, a new member of the family. Maybe you're a mother or a father for the first time. Or maybe you're a grandfather or grandmother. And that baby finally shows up. You know how you feel, right? That's how God feels about his remnant. His little children are there and their hearts have been perfected towards him. He will rest in his love. The Lord is just so in love with this little pure remnant of afflicted, broken, poor people. And all they've got in the world is the Lord. And they do have him. He will rest in his love and he will joy over you with singing. Can you imagine what this? I wonder if we get to hear the singing. I'll bet we do. I'll bet the angels join in. The Lord is going to sing. So I'm, you know, I don't mean to offend anybody, but I'm not going to be depressed. God's coming to sing to me. My God is coming to deliver me. He said to me, I will cover your head. No, he said, I have covered your head in the day of battle. And the day of battle has begun on the earth. And now, now comes a war that no man can stop. And how fast does it accelerate? I mean, could be a matter of months, perhaps. It might take 12. We could be surprised. We'll see. We'll learn a lot in the following two weeks. Once the Gaza invasion begins, once Israeli troops go into Gaza, we'll find out how serious these players are. And the whole Middle East could explode. And the United States will be engaged. Because if the United States does not help Israel in this hour of time, the Israeli forces are outnumbered by such an extent. They're facing missile barrages, quantities that are just ridiculously absurd. You know, 45,000 advanced missiles, 65,000. You know, high-tech mortars, 3,000 advanced cruise missiles. That's just Hezbollah. Without, if the Americans don't intercede, or if the American, the American assistance is stopped by, for whatever means, Israel will have to go to the tactical nuke option. Which means they're, you're going to see nuclear bombs exploding all over the Middle East. Southern Lebanon, Iran, wherever the armies mass against Israel. Fire and brimstone's coming. A thunder was coming. Well, you know, that's kind of what it says in, Ze in Zechariah. You know, that's coming. The only question is, how, how fast will it come? You know, this is the plague with which the Lord will smite the people that come out against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall be consumed while they stand on their feet. Their flesh will literally be burned off their bones before the bones hit the ground. Their eyes will be consumed out of the, out of the holes in their skull. Their tongue shall consume in their mouth. Come to pass in that day a great, great conflict from the Lord shall be among all the people. And they shall raise their hand one against another. And Judah shall fight in Jerusalem. And the Lord will reign 
And the Lord will protect his people. And they'll come in final judgment when he comes in the clouds. And Frank, I mean, what do you think? How how close are we? Well, I I think, you know, we're going to have a Babylon-type moment here in the United States. And that's unfortunate. How close? Well, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm not good at predicting, but I, I am good at, I, I can tell the seasons. And we are in the season. The problem we're running into, Benjamin, that keeps going through my mind is the narcissism of the United States is killing the believer because we can't see the word of God for what it is. And there's some, there's this fog about the people that somehow even our religion, our, our timing, like America's, you know, we're America, you know, this doesn't have, you know, we're not worried, but folks, I've got news for you. Read Ezekiel 38. I mean, they're coming for us and um, we're going to get wiped out. (laughs) When the Lord returns, this is not going to be a nation anymore. It's gone. And but the problem is our narcissism keeps us from seeing the hour. It's the normalcy bias. Yeah. Frank, I was reading an article in Epic Times. This was the head of um, border security in the U.S. And he said, you know, considering the border's been wide open and millions and millions of people have been pouring in over the last several years, we might even have a Hezbollah terrorist cell in our country. Oh, no, it's not a might. It's here. I do believe that's here. Frank, he was referring to a single cell. They have an entire army that's here. There's Chinese, everything, yes. Oh, I know. We probably, who knows the number? It's easily, at a minimum, it's into the tens of thousands of troops that have come in. And it's probably closer to 50 to 100,000. The Lord said in Jeremiah, I'll fill you with men like caterpillars. They walked right in because, well, we couldn't build a fence, Benjamin. I mean, a security fence, that'd be racist, right? Or wait, no, we we don't have the money. Uh, the national debt went from 30 to 40 trillion in like what an afternoon last week or something not quite 40 trillion yet but you get the point we didn't have the money are yeah. you kidding it, it's not poor peasants from mexico coming across our border that are leaving prayer shawls and urdu to english dictionaries and ranchers lands okay um that's not who's leaving those the lord said O thou that dwells on many waters, abundant in treasure, thy end has come. And the measure of thy covetousness, the judgment to be meted out in America, will be measured by the covetousness of the people. And the Lord of hosts has sworn by himself, saying, Surely I will fill you with men as with caterpillars. They're just going to walk right in. And they shall lift up a shout against thee. And and literally, that shout is a warrior's cry. We've had thousands, tens of thousands of foreign, and these are special forces troops. These aren't the cooks or the mechanics. These are the highly trained assassins. And they're coming to wreak havoc, sabotage, disruption, and and ultimately uh make America look like the Southern Israel right outside of Gaza. And, you know, that could be in a week, this could start. 
I mean, as soon as this war ignites, if we go against Hezbollah or Iran, why would they wait to activate these cells? I mean, what would you be waiting for? Benjamin, the people listening today, they don't even remember when Colonel Stanislav Lunovan was was warning and telling about the sleeper cells that were here, you know, for the Russians and everything else. They don't remember that stuff. Folks, this has been this has been going on for a long time. And what we did was we just pulled the border down, and said, bring everybody, bring all every country, bring your, you know, your best troops in here. It's it's out of control, and this has been going on forever with evidence we've known about it. Yeah, that's a great description. We just tore down the border. Yeah, like, come on in, man. Open. Come on in, get a free cell phone. And <laughs> Well, the president right now is begging for more money. I just was reading the article about, you know, to send bus more people to our cities. And it's like, we'll bring in your terror, bring the terrorists in and we'll give them a free, you know, ride. Hook them up in a hotel and give them, you know, a couple hundred bucks or four or thousand, whatever a month in their pocket. We're the we're great hosts for the yeah. enemy. I'll tell you the truth, folks, right now. There's a lot of messed up problems in churches, and there's people who don't go and go, whatever. But I can tell you somebody that's attending the church in America regularly, and that's the devil. And he's completely at home. Because there's not a word of righteousness and holiness hardly being preached anymore. But this is a narcissistic generation who is filled full of self. As we were talking earlier, we are the generation that came up with the selfie. It's it's not good. It's so much worse than we could ever imagine. If we could see the invisible world right now, Lord help us. Yeah, there's no question. We're and we've been warning for years. I mean, you know, about I've went on national tour. Frank, I think I met you in 1999, right? Yes. I was uh, well, in in Nashville, Tennessee. We drove all the way down to meet you. Yeah, that was pretty fun. And um, next year, 2024, the the 70th jubilee of the of the people of Israel. That'll be 25 years, Frank. We met during the last jubilee. God mm. sent me a national tour during the Jubilee. That's pretty fun. Yeah. I had no idea at the time, but we're here. So we, you know, what do we do? Um, should we be filled with fear? No, it's not going to help us. What do we do? Pra- how do you practically prepare for the day of the Lord? Well, our preparation is in the things of the Spirit. And number one, you've got to make time. The scripture talks about seeking first the things of God. If you have the ability to do so, get up early and spend time in prayer and in the word before you go off to your job in Babylon, before you have to take, you know, tend to your responsibilities to the family, before you do anything else. And I'll tell you, the day that begins in prayer is a different day than the day where we just get up in the flesh. And, you know, look, unless you're filled with that overflowing anointing where you wake up full of the Holy Spirit, okay, you go to sleep anointed, you wake up anointed, you walk the whole day in the anointing. I'm not seeing that out there. You know, what I'm seeing is 
we wake up in the flesh. Now, if you've, if you are born again and you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when you quiet yourself and seek the Lord in prayer, praise, or or in the Word, the Holy Spirit will come, and you you can enter into the presence of God. And when we do that first thing, it changes the outcome of the entire day. And when you spend enough time discipling yourself in seeking the Lord, in prayer, in, in literally coveting the presence of God, not, not the shiny junk from Babylon, but your heart is literally seeking the presence of the Lord that process, the more discipline you use, the more time you spend in prayer, it begins to change you. And the presence of God becomes more and more profound. And the closer you get to the presence of God, the more you want to get closer. And the Lord draws you into his presence. And the anointing starts coming in, in and and the anointing begins to stay. When you finish your prayers and you you get up and you begin to go about your day, you're still full of the Holy Spirit. The anointing abides in you. It doesn't just come upon you. The Spirit abode, it abided in Jesus, and it will abide in the anointed remnant. And the anointing will become so great. That's the seven spirits of God will be poured out upon you. And then the anointing will be released without measure. And at that point, your prayer time is almost like going to heaven. Because the presence of God is the fullness of joy. And, and uh, you don't want to ever leave. But you don't have to leave. Because once you break through to that level, the anointing and the presence of God is with you during your day with you all the way through the night, with you when you awaken in the morning, and you don't come out of the anointing. And that's the fullness that's coming for the remnant. Can you imagine millions of people gathered in the wilderness of Zion, every one of them filled with the anointing? all in one accord, all bearing witness of one truth, all walking in the glory, the one true God. This is going to be like heaven on earth. Amen. Uh, brother, I'm looking forward to that pure language that uh, was it Zephaniah talked about, wasn't it? Of turning a pure language unto the people. Those God's going to give us all this pure tongue again that we can communicate. Ah, it's amazing. Can't wait. Yes. That's right. So, yeah, there it is. We're, the judgment has begun. You know, I'm, if you use Psalm 82, verse 7, as a representation of the 82.7 year life of the Israeli people, the life expectancy of the nation at the end of the age. And we add it to the, the year Israel declared independence, 1948. We have 2030 as, as the end point. 
mm, that would mean World War III is probably going to take place pretty quick in the coming months. If if the metric or the measure point was Israel's victory in their war of independence, which ended in March of 1949, um, then a conclusion of these things is in 2031 and World War III is in 2024. But I've got news for you. Uh, the war that started in Ukraine, which, by the way, we're, they're still fighting um, in America is, and NATO is, has been fighting directly against Russia in North Korea and China are resupplying Russia and Iran has been selling Russia weapons. So all four Axis states are involved in the war in Ukraine. That same group is now open to second front in the Middle East, which we expected them to do. The third front, if they proceed with their plan, will be war on the Korean Peninsula. The fourth front will be a limited conflict between the Chinese Navy and the U.S. Navy. The Chinese will sink an American warship. Well, at the same time, American forces will be at war in Europe, the Middle East, and in Korea. I'm thinking the American people will begin to get a little nervous at that point. Mm -hmm. And besides the civil war coming here too, so we've got we've got a lot of things on the docket. Thank you, Frank, for mentioning that. Yes, we need the scriptures very clever. Ruler against ruler, uh, and civil war in the land, and a financial collapse, and hardships, and everything of Babylon will fail you. And yeah, it. You know what, folks? It only goes downhill from here for the people that are walking it out in the flesh. And it's it's going to be a rapid descent into darkness. Deep darkness is coming upon the earth. Darkness upon the minds of the people, but the light of God's truth on the remnant. So, I mean, Frank, are there any other news stories we should mention? Or You know, no, I, I mean, I'm not sure there's a million, but folks, I think the, the takeaway really from tonight is about you know, I even question, you know, myself, Lord, search me, you know, that that's the kind of the thing right now. The key to breaking down our own fortress of imagination is, is to be willing to be searched and, right. and to be open to the Lord's rebuke and, and God's, you know, sometimes he rebukes us harshly and sometimes he, he's very gentle with us, but you know this this day and age it's hard in our society we've been trained to to be about us and folks i would just encourage you allow god to seek you, you know, i was working with a guy the other night and he's going through a, you know, his wife wants to leave him he doesn't want to leave he's trying everything he was i don't know his past very well i kind of met him and you know through a, a at a work thing and and um he seems like he's very uh got a like a catholic or a liturgical background he's he was trying to share with me how he has certain prayers he tries to pray every day you know very methodically and repetitiously and and um and i just i wrote him back last night he was texting i said listen man i said why don't you just at the end of your prayer ask you know said you can telling god all these things i said why don't you just ask the lord Lord, what would you have me to do for you today? And just stop and listen. Folks, we need to listen to what God wants us to do. 
in this hour. And I think if you listen, you'll find the things Benjamin's been talking about and I've been sharing on this program and what's in the scriptures, it will become very clear to what God wants you to do in this hour. Because we don't know there could be any minute the Lord says, oh, you're out, go now, leave. And we need to have the grace and the mindset of already paying attention to God to get out of this place. Okay. We're not talking about packing up everything, loading the U-Haul. It may come a day and God's like, you know what? Get the fam, go, just go. And we need to be ready to flee. Brother, I know you've been waiting and a, a lifetime for that word. And and you've encouraged people, don't go until the Lord tells you. And folks, I will say this right now. Don't leave until the Lord tells you, but be willing to be told. Be willing to be told. Brother, that's what I would share with people. And listen, get on that path with God and be willing to be led. You want on the King's Highway? You're only the people that are going to be on there are the ones that are being led. That's all I got, brother. Well, amen. Yeah, the um, the war started in the Middle East. You know, the war didn't come here yet, but it's not far off. You know, and it, it's so true that we see in part, you know. And God never gives us the whole picture. <laughs> But it's beginning to become abundantly clear. You know, we're not going back. 2020 was the 70th year of America Babylon's reign over the nations. And it ended. And the world changed forever, right? I mean, would would you agree with me, Frank, that in March of 2020, when they did that COVID lockdown, the world's never been the same. And it'll never be the same again. We're never going back to, to the freedom. And 2019 was actually a pretty good year, you know, if you... I don't know if you guys remember back that far, but it was a while ago at this point. Um, we're never going back. You know, the country, they sprung. You know, we had the accidental. No, wait. A bat flew into somebody's bowl of soup was the first story. They pushed that for a while. And then it was, no, no, obviously this has been geoengineered. This coronavirus is a bioweapon, but it must have been an accident, right? I mean, nations don't ever release bioweapons on purpose to to crush rebellions in in distant provinces and to solve financial problems. No, of course not. So, you know, 2020, we had to have a lockdown and and we had to have a complete fraud, right? False testing, false positives, false prescriptions, the medications that would have actually healed people were made illegal. And um the only thing that you were permitted to do was intubate and and suffocate yeah, and kill millions. And then in 21, they brought out the next weapon, right? Mandatory. Go get your shower in Auschwitz, you know, free soap at the door. And then in 22, they started the world war in a in Ukraine. And in 23, they, they went to phase two of the world war in Iran. You know, how fast will they move to, to wrap up the world war until it's Ezekiel 38 and, and the, the cities of the West have been reduced to ashes? Um, 
You know, I I would guess this year, but you know, I've been wrong. Maybe God's going to show us mercy, but I'll tell you, if, if we don't see Ezekiel 38 until next fall, we got one rough ride ahead of us, brothers and sisters. There's nothing about what's ahead. It's going to be easy because, you know, just because maybe the, the, the all out strike on our country is delayed. Look, they could dirt. They could detonate a suitcase bomb. They could collapse the grid. They could disrupt our financial system. They could crash our economy. They could put us under martial law and they could come to your front door with, you know, pounding at 4 a.m. And you and your family could be never seen or heard from again. You know, in, in, in many ways, I guess I'm overly optimistic because once Ezekiel 38 goes down, in a very real sense, um, it's going to be safer for the remnant after that. Yeah. Well, first of all, most of our domestic en enemies will have been vaporized. Yeah. And then we'll be, you know, we'll be walking out the exodus. And, you know, Frank, that eclipse in um, April of next year, you know, it's so profound. And, hey, I found a couple guys that did a, a great program on these eclipses. And maybe I'll send you the link and you can put it in the show notes. Now, these guys sure. are pre-tribbers. We don't, you know, we actually believe the rapture's at the last trumpet at the end of the age. You know, look, I mean, if, if, if anybody ends up disappearing seven years before the end of the age, okay, great, you know, um, see you up there. Uh, I know I'm not going to disappear. I'm here for the duration. But, you know, the, that whole rapture eschatology should not divide us as Christians. You know, I tell my Gentile friends who believe in it, and I've got several, and I'm like, look, hey, I'm not going to argue with you. You guys go ahead and disappear. Um, this started with us Israelis. We're going to finish this thing. And, uh, you know, and the Lord will be here with us. So that whole idea of a seven-year wedding feast, I mean, don't you need the groom? And he's going to be here with us, right? Didn't that what he said? He will be with us. He's coming to visit us. So. The whole idea of the Gentile church disappearing and those Jews, they, they got to go through that tribulation. Um, that didn't originate with the scriptures or with the spirit of God. But uh, in well, any event. Uh, yeah, it's so dumb. Anyways. It is so, I'm sorry. It's such poor scholarship. And um, I can show you in Jeremiah 23. Well, you can go read it for yourself. Um, the Lord's very clear, woe to the pastors and the teachers and the prophets that have told my people, you'll never see the day of evil. Mm, yes. And, and that is the preacher rapture. Yeah. And when the Lord says, woe, listen, brothers and sisters, you don't even want to know what woe looks like, okay? Because that's, that's more severe than anything you even want to understand. And that's what he says to the pastors who are teaching these lies to my people woe unto you and so um yeah i assume if you're listening to us you're probably not on that page but if you are you're welcome here you know we're not going to make fun of you if that's what you think you know that's great um yeah and i had just had somebody wow well, that's why I'm, I'm shutting down the of course the mailbox too i just had somebody send me not too long ago and rebuke me and told me I was responsible and I needed to read his message on why the pre-trib rapture is not true. And I thought to myself, if you ever listen <laughs> to the remnant call, 
when have we advocated a preacher? I don't, I, yeah, it's like, you got to be kidding me. Listen, this time is short. Time is always short because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. And, and I don't mean to say that to be cliche of some pastor ending a sermon, but that is the truth. There's so much toxins in this world, so much death, so much destruction, plagues, and everything else. You don't know when your last minute might be. You need to make it right now. Don't wait. I guarantee you following the Lord will be the best decision you've ever made. And if you've contemplated, if if you've been sitting on the fence and listening to Remnant Call, I want to challenge you. Don't wait another minute. Surrender yourself to the Lord. Give your life to him. And it will change for the, I could not imagine going into this last hour without the hope of Jesus Christ. I couldn't imagine getting up, reading this news without knowing that a better place awaits me. I couldn't move forward, folks, without knowing that God will be there to take care of me. And he cares about me and my family. And he's coming back to rescue us. You can't do it without it either. Benjamin, thank you for the, what is it, 30-some years almost you've been sharing this message now? Yep, 27. Absolutely, 27 years. And has not, you know, let me tell you, folks, you don't even understand what Benjamin's been through. And you never will. Only those who know him personally will understand the heartache and the hardship and the sufferings you don't get called upon to share the share the good news of the lord at that level and think it's all roses that's what the false prophets tell you okay that are driving the fancy car but the the life sometimes of following for those who follow in certain capacities is a life of hardship and of trials but you know what the reward is one day Benjamin in the kingdom is going to get to see the fruits of the labor. Jeremiah had no known converts, but you know what? The book that he wrote through his scribe that the Lord penned through him and the words has been saving people for thousands of years by the spirit of the almighty. And one day in the kingdom, Jeremiah will see the rewards of his faithfulness. Even though sometimes here on the earth, it seemed like his ministry was going nowhere. Right. I don't know how many times, brother, the book of ben, the book of Jeremiah has blessed my soul like none other, hardly. He had one convert, Baruch. Baruch, yes. Okay. I digress well, the then. Got yes. totally converted because he joined him and said, hey, I'll take the notes. I'll yeah. write this thing down. So, yeah, hallelujah. And wait, that's my last name. Yeah. To that guy, yeah, well, you know, and here they'll be blown away to find out that here at the end of the age, this same word is being declared all over again, yeah, in in fire and in and in holiness and in love, for amen, the, for the God that saved all of us. And so, you know, be encouraged, yeah, you know, you can choose to look at the world, it's gonna get real dark real fast at this point, folks, okay. I mean, look, the months are flying by. Just yesterday, it was January, okay? Now, it's the end of October. And the second phase of the war has begun. 
And next thing you know it, we're going to be watching the whole world explode. And so you can look on the earth and you will behold darkness and fear and hopelessness among humanity. Or we can look by faith, lift our heads up, for our redemption is drawing nigh. The year of our redemption, the 70th Jubilee, is coming next year. And the Lord is going to set all of his remnant free. And, you know, we will be so, we're going to be so dramatically changed. And God's going to heal every single one in the remnant. He's going to restore everyone to everything that has been stolen from them. I mean, the Lord is going to outdo himself. Amen. Showing his people how good and how faithful. Bless the Lord. And how awesome he is. Amen. And um, so, you know, in our camp, nothing to fear. We can be filled with joy. And, you know, and if that offends you, look, you know, we don't take any joy in the death of the wicked. I don't want to see, I don't want to see children on any side of this thing get hurt. We don't take any joy that the wicked are dying, but but we do thank God that the evil will be removed. Amen. 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 Praise God. Folks, thank you for joining in tonight. This is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Lord, trumpet in Zion.